So this week is the week. Tomorrow, for some of you, is the day. Back to school. For some of you parents, you're like, oh, praise the Lord. We are, <laughs> he is glorious. <laughs> um, but it's also, uh, if you, I don't know how it is around your house, but there's a little like nervousness. Uh, and, we're, and we're going back to school and it's going to be fun. But I need, I need the kids, if the kids would want to come up, I need a little bit of help with something. Could the kids come up and help me with something here? So why don't you, yeah, yeah, under the age of 10, how about that? All right, come on, kids, I need your help. Girls, girls, come here. Kimber, I need a couple other hands. Come sit by me. This is the expert panel we're having here. Come sit here. Anyone else? Oh, yeah, come on, sweetie. Anyone else want to come up? Oh, this will be, come on, Kimber's coming. Zach, come on up, buddy. We need a junior higher to help with this whole process. Don't be shy. <laughs> All right, thanks, Isaac. All right. Hey, so tomorrow is school, or this week starts school. Some of you guys are last week, right? Okay, sorry. Sorry I blew up. Um, so tell me something. What is your, what grade, what grade are you in? Do you remember? Second grade? Okay, well, we'll kindergarten. Oh, you're in kindergarten too? Oh my gosh. Okay, what is your what is your favorite what is your favorite part of school? Okay, Millie, remember we're in public now, okay? So first and last. First and last, what do you mean? First and days. <laughs> you are your father's daughter. I love it. What about you, Millie? What's your favorite or Tessa? Uh everything. I love school. Okay, I wasn't <laughs> expecting that. Everything. What's your favorite thing of the whole school, though? It's either writing or math. Sweet. We, yeah, maybe scientist or something next someday. And what about you? What's your favorite part of school? Do you know what your favorite part is? You know. Recess. Recess. <laughs> Me too. Zach, what's your favorite part of school? Math. Math. Zach's. One hundred. One hundred? Oh man, I love one hundred too. That's so fun. Yeah, yeah that's so fun. And uh, you're going into kindergarten. What are you most excited about school? Uh, probably math. Math? <laughs> are you sure you're excited about math? Okay. Isaac, what are you most excited about? Uh, Science. Science. Liam, what about you? Science, yeah. What's the least favorite part of school? Oh, gosh. All right, Millie. Least favorite part. All the other days of school. <laughs> Good job. I support you. What about, what about you, Tessa? What's the um, probably the end of school. Well, the end of the day of school because it's a little rough because everybody's tired. Like teachers and stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. What about you? What's your least favorite part of school? Do you know? Homework. Homework. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? Homework. Homework. Yeah. What about what's least favorite part of school? Um, one can I go to 100? 100, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Kimber, I told you Kimber's the cutest. What about you guys? Least favorite part of school? 
Gosh. So it's back to school. Are we excited or are we not excited? Overall. Excited. You're excited? Okay. Cool. It's going to be a good year. You know what? We're All of us parents and all of us here are going to pray for you guys this week. We're really excited for what God has for you. Does that sound good? Okay. Can we pray for them? While you lift your hand out, we're going to pray for our, the kids and anyone who's out there. We'll pray. We'll pray for them as well. Are you guys ready to pray? And then for all the middle schoolers who are so cool back there, high schoolers, we'll pray for all y'all too. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for these kids as they go back to school this week. I thank you, Lord, that you love each heart so, so dearly. God, you have such a great plan for each kid here, and, and not just for their future, but for their today, for their school year. God, that they would show your love to other people, that they would, they would uh, be light and salt to a place that needs it, Lord, and that they would, you'd be with them. You'd keep them healthy. You'd keep them safe. You'd keep them strong. And you bless them, Lord Jesus, in your name we pray. Amen. 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 Can we give them a round of applause? Good job, guys. Oh, that was so good. We could just do an hour more of that, huh? Hey, so after, after church today, we are, we're going to have a barbecue. We're going to make breakfast. So you're all welcome to stay for that, obviously. And, and when you see one of the kids, just give them a high five and tell them you're praying for them. Does that sound good? So I remember the first day I dropped, maybe the first couple weeks I dropped my son off, his first days of school. And I remember for the first time in my life, I remember him, I remember dropping him off. He was looking at me as he went to the playground, and then I left, and I was like, oh my gosh, I have no control over anything. Do you guys remember that moment where you realized the control you thought you had of making these kids just everything you want them to be is not even, it doesn't even exist. And so it's like kind of terrifying, right? But there's a, there's a Heavenly Father and there's a Savior who loves your kids way more than you ever could, just so you know. And he's with them every second of the day. So one of the things I want to talk about for the last uh, 10 minutes here is just uh, how do we pray for our kids this year? I don't, like I prayed here, I don't want my kids just to believe that God has a plan for them someday. I don't want them to believe that someday God's going to use me. Someday I'm going to have a purpose in my life that God is going to work in my life someday. I, I believe, and I think we all would agree, that God wants to work in each person's life right now. Like today is the day that God wants to work in their life. So how do you pray for your kids? How do we help them live out the life of Jesus, not when they're 25, when they get through their college phase and all that stuff, right? But today, how do they do that? So in my life, we, I have a, what I call like a mantra prayer. It's a prayer that I pray for our kids every night. It's the same thing. Sometimes it, it, I have it so memorized that I just kind of rattle it off. And then sometimes I catch myself needing to stop and be like, okay, what is this prayer I'm praying? And so I would encourage you guys in your own life with your own kids um, to develop your own like family. It's almost like in our, our house, like a family prayer that we pray. I pray for my kids every single night. So I'm going to share that with you. This is not like the prayer to pray for your family so that you kids do great forever. That's not what this is. What this is is just an example of how do you pray for your kids. And for, for me, some of the things that are valuable to me so that my, our kids become who God wants them to be. Not when they're 25, but when they're 8 and 5 and 11. So, sound good? Okay, I'll pray. Lord, thank you for this day. We ask that you continue to speak now through your word, and we give you this time. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So, I'm going to just go through this prayer again. This is not something that you have to do or anything like that. It's just what we do personally. I encourage you to hear from the Lord, shape this around your family values so that you can really uh, have some, some, something to go off of. Because one thing I know is that your time with your children goes like that. 
Everyone I've ever talked to be like, they say to me, who are maybe in the next phase of life, they say, man, it goes so, so fast. And then people with grandkids, it goes so, so fast. And so unintentional living is the hardest thing to fight against in our culture. Because I get home from work, and so do you, and we are tired. And I want to get the kids to bed sometimes so I can just... But how does God want us to work this out? So here's the prayer that I pray. First thing, real simple. This is all real practical, I hope, too. Uh, Thank you for blank. Blank is no one's name, but blank, you insert said name there, right? Thank you for Isaac. Thank you for Ella. Thank you for Clara. Okay, these words we say as kind of like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. But when Jesus asks us, or he tells us how to pray, he says, Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. The first thing he does is he gives thanks. Thank you, God, for who you are. So the first thing we do in our prayer is we give thanks for our children. uh, In Psalms 127, it says this, Behold, children are a heritage to the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. When I first had my, our first kid, I was like really afraid of not being a good dad. Anybody? Or not being, I was really afraid of that. I like, I have no idea how to be a good dad. I had a good dad, but I just don't really know how that's going to work out. And I remember being so freaked out and I would leave and I'd be like, oh gosh, I'm a bad dad because I'm gone. And then I'd be there and I'd be stressed because I should be working. And now I'm a bad dad because I'm not focusing in this moment. Anyone feel crazy like that at times? Okay, just me. Good. Um, And then one, one day the Lord's like, whose kids are those? He said to me, whose kids are those? I'm like, well, they're mine. He's like, no, those are my kids. Those are my kids that I've given you as a gift to steward and to love and ultimately to serve. These are my kids. You think you love your kids. You think you love those, those crazy, you know, kids with all the things that are going on in their life, but man, you have no clue how much I love those kids. That I gave my son for those kids. And so they might be yours, but they're really mine. And he says, you are so blessed by these. They're like a quiver full of arrows. And when I had that experience, it was like the weight and the pressure of being a good dad lifted. And I realized that my job was not to be a super dad. My job was to steward the gift that God had given. To steward the gift that Jesus had given to me because he loves me. So when I say thank you for Ella and thank you for Clara and thank you for Isaac, it's, it's not like, thank you for these kids that are mine. It's like, thank you, Lord, that, for the gifts that they are. Even some days when they ain't that good at a gift. <laughs> Talking to you. So thank you, Lord, for them. Then this is, my next fa- this is my next statement. I pray this always, second. Fill them with your spirit to overflowing. Fill them with your spirit to overflowing. Galatians 5.22. So the Holy Spirit is not this weird thing. This, it's, he's not a ghost, right? He's not spooky. Holy Spirit is who lives inside of us when we call ourselves followers of Jesus. And the Spirit of God is the voice of God in our lives each and every day. And so I want my kids and I want our, my family, I want myself to be filled with the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, the life of the Spirit, so that God's voice and his life are in my life each day. And I'm not just kind of trying to live off Sunday morning or live off an experience I had last week or, or just have this kind of I'm on my own, go for it type of thing. So my, our prayer is fill, fill them, fill me with your Holy Spirit. 
because this is what I want my kids to have, and this is what you want your kids to have. Galatians 5 says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, is joy, is peace, is patience, is kindness, is goodness, is gentleness, is faithfulness, is self-control. Against such, there is no law. See, I want my kids, I want my life to exude those things. I want my life not to be known as Aaron was a great whatever. I want people to know, I want people to see my life and be like, wow, Aaron really loved. He was kind. He was gentle. He was faithful. And not because I'm so great. Because the Spirit has filled me. He's given me the fruit of the Spirit. My life in the Spirit, your life in the Spirit should bear this fruit. If you ever wonder, am I, how am I doing with God? If you don't have very much patience, if you don't have very much peace, if you don't feel very kind, if you don't have much joy, ask God to fill you again with his spirit. Because what happens over time, one of the visuals, the spirit never leaves us. It's like a bucket that has a couple holes in it, right? And if you don't fill the bucket, it just kind of slowly dwindles out. Have you ever felt that before? And then what do you do? God, you experience community, you sing worship, you experience his word, you have some sort of experience with him, and all of a sudden you feel filled up, and you're, it's easier to love, it's easier to find joy, it's easier to be at peace, it's easier to have patience, which is so hard. Because it's not you producing those things, it's not your circumstances producing these things because they can't produce it. What it is, it's a work of God's love in your life. He loves you so much, he's going to give you peace. He's going to give you patience, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, anybody need that, this guy. So my prayer for my children is when they are out of my control, out of underneath my house, out with their friends, out at school, that they exude the fruit of the Spirit. And they carry with them fruit of the Spirit regardless of their situation today. That doesn't sound so bad, does it? Next one. Show them your love in a mighty way. Show them your love in a mighty way. And not just random love, God's love in a mighty way. 1 Corinthians 13 is the love chapter. People read it at weddings. But what it is is a description of what love is. Love is patient. It's kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It records no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in hope. It protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. That is what love is. And so what I want my children to experience is God's love first. See, the issue in our culture at times is we try to show love without knowing what love is. And what happens is human beings are, get a little twisted sometimes. Anybody? Right? And so we try to sometimes show our version of love to the world, but it isn't always very loving. It usually has prejudices and slants and backgrounds. But what I pray for my kids and I pray for myself, God, I want to experience your love first. The reason why the church is ineffective in the world is they haven't experienced God's love first. So then they try to love somehow and it's not very fruitful. So I want, when Jesus says, the Pharisees come, they want to trick Jesus, right? They love to try to trick Jesus. Jesus, they say, what's the greatest commandment, Lord? We know all, 639. Bring it, Right? That's the message version of it. <laughs> and he says, oh, the greatest commandment is this. You love the Lord God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind, and your strength. Second is this. Second is actually two commandments. You love your neighbor as yourself. 
That means that before you ever love your neighbor, that before you ever show love to other people, you have to first love God with all your heart and experience his love. And then, this is hard, you have to love who God made you to be. It's like you can't love others if you don't know how to love yourself. And not like, I'm the greatest ever, put me on the pedestal, but man, am I a son or a daughter of God? Just like our little baby Reagan, I'm made in the image of Christ. I'm loved, I'm his, I, I, I'm, I have worth and value that is endless. And until you and I can experience that love, we'll never love well. We'll never love well. So I pray for my kids that they won't try to manufacture love out of some sort of cultural expression or what they hear or see, because that gets twisted. Anybody. But they would, the baseline by which they love is because they know what the love of God feels like. That they know what the love of God is. That I am accepted, I'm forgiven, I'm set free. God does not look at me and see my blemishes. He sees the purity of how he created me to be. And there's nothing I could do or ever do to create that or recreate that. It is a gift from our Savior. And so, Lord, show them your love, not my love, which is not always great. Show them your love, which is perfect. It is patient. It is kind. It does not keep record of wrongs. It doesn't remember what you did yesterday. It hopes all things for you. It rejoices in all things. It perseveres always for you. So that's where we start. Show them your love in a mighty way, in a real way, in a tangible way, not in a cultural Christianity way. Please know, in a real, this is my Savior way. Then, show them your love in a mighty way so that I can show that love to other people. You realize that the reason why you're at your school, the reason why you're at your job, the reason why you're in your neighborhood, the reason why you're in this city, is that you are God's voice in life to a people who are desperate for it. And so Jesus says this, a new commandment I give to you, to love one another as I have loved you, so you must also love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Again, until you, as I have loved you, as I have modeled love for you, now go do the same. That's why the, reading the Gospels and God's Word is so crucial. Being close to God and His Spirit is so crucial because people are trying to love like Jesus, but they don't know how Jesus loved. And God, and God wants to just show you that this is how I love. This is how I love you. Now go show the same. Do the same for others. You and I will not be looked at in heaven by how well we did in our careers. We will be judged and we will be asked about by our Savior, how well did you love? And so I want my kids to have 4.0s. I want my kids to all get full ride scholarships. Please, Lord. <laughs> Won't he do it? Right? But what I mostly want my kids to do is to love really, really well. To love people in their classes that no one else will love. To love the person that's the biggest bully and the biggest jerk. Even if they get the same treatment. I want my kids to have thick, thick skin and a soft, soft heart so they can love well. Show them your love in a mighty way so that you can show your love for others. That is our job as believers. That's why we gather. It's not so we can feel really good for next week. 
so that we can understand that we are called to love, love, love other people. And we don't know how to do that unless we know God's love in our own lives. Next one. This is practical. Keep them healthy and safe and strong. That's, those are good prayers. John, th- third John 1, 2, it says, Beloved, I pray that you may go well, that all may go well with you, and that you will be in good health as it goes with your soul. So not just physical health, but mental health, emotional health, spiritual health. I want my kids to be healthy. And then, and then I want them to be safe in a world that's not all that safe. But the Lord knows. And then Joshua 1.9, this we pray for this. Joshua's about to enter into the promised land. It's a place he did not know. Some of you are going to middle school and high school and grade school, and you do not know what's happening. You do not know what it's going to be like this week. But that's okay. This is what the Lord says to you. He says, Have I not commanded you? I want you to be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. The Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So this week, kids, we pray that you would be healthy, that you'd be safe, that you'd be strong. And we pray this every day. Especially in a world that's less safe and less healthy and less strong. We want kids that are healthy and safe and strong. And the last thing we pray, and we'll close. You guys can come up and play if you want to play. Well, you have to. But if you would like to, it'd be nice to. (laughs) And last thing, the most important phrase in the whole prayer is in the name of Jesus. Amen. See, you and I can have really great philosophies and ideas, and we can have lots of great plans for our kids, but unless Jesus is involved in their life, and unless Jesus is, unless I ask these things in Jesus' name, it has very little power. Because all power and authority is given to us as his children through the life of Jesus. This is what Jesus says. And this one is a hard one for us to wrap our minds around. He says, I will do whatever you ask in my name. I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it. He doesn't, there's not a comma after that, just so you know. It says comma, except if you're really sinful. Except if you haven't talked to me for like a month, then nope. There's no comma except if you behave well. The promise is this. The prayer of a righteous person is very powerful. It's very powerful. And that means you and I, because of Christ, are righteous. And so we have this, this opportunity to pray for things and ask God to do it, and he will do it in his time and for his glory. So when you and you pray with your kids, I... I what happens at the beginning is only as important as happens at the end when you say, praise things in the name of Jesus. And what you do when you do that is you put your kids back into his hands. What you do when you do this, you, you let go of your grip a little bit more, which is a good thing. You say, Lord, you're with them every second. You'll never leave them or forsake them. So you take them. Will you do these things in the name of Jesus. And his promises, his promises, that he will answer your prayer. Does that mean that kids will never have hard seasons? Absolutely not. 
Does that mean that you might have a couple, might have a couple years where you're like, what's going on with this kid? Or that you might have a prodigal son or a daughter. No, it doesn't mean that. But what it does mean is that God's presence and his promise will always stand through the hardest times to the best times. And when you pray these things, your hope in the hard times is for the good times. See, when I was a little kid, I, I didn't, didn't want nothing to do with the Lord, and I rebelled, and I was very uh, not nice. And my parents, my mom and my dad, would both pray every day and every night and read the word over me and speak life over me. And there was days where I, and years, where I had wanted nothing to do with it. But all of a sudden, God got in my heart, got my heart. And every prayer and every scripture and every Bible story and everything I ever heard growing up in the pew just came to life. Scripture says that if, if you hide your word, his word in their hearts, they will not sin against him. So your prayers now, they might seem mundane. They might seem, I've been praying the same thing for five years, it still hasn't changed. The Lord's promise is, you keep praying. You keep asking my name and I will do it. I'm a God of promises. I'm a God of, that will never change his mind. So I thank you for this church, Lord. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would fill them with your spirit to overflowing. I pray for this congregation that you would show them your love in a mighty, mighty way so that they would show your love to others. I pray for them in the name of Jesus to be healthy and safe and strong and courageous. In the name of Jesus, we pray these things. Amen. Now, would you stand? We're going to sing one last song. So my prayer for you this week is you have kids go back to school. Take some time, write out a prayer, write out something that's going to be intentional. Please do not live unintentionally. Please do not pray unintentionally. God's given us so many promises that he wants to fulfill every single one of them in your life. So as we sing this song, let's cement these things in our hearts.